You're listening to the DGD Podcast. Sponsored by La Touraine. Here's your hosts, Robert Reynolds and Juan Daniels. Hey, hey, what's going on? Welcome to the DGD Podcast. And uh, uh, right now we've got my man, Patrick Oliver. Uh, we'll have um, Robert Reynolds. He'll probably hop on here in a minute. Uh, but uh, let's get into it, man. National champions, national champions. Talk about it, uh, Patrick. What does that mean to you? <laughs> man, it, it means a lot. I mean, I'm almost 45 years old. 1980 came around. I was old enough to know who Herschel Walker was, and that was about it. So I, I've, I've kind of pretty much been a dog my whole life. You know, after the, after the, the, the championship in 80, you know, things kind of settled back down and, and, and we got to be in the, I guess you'd say an average football team, if you want to call that for, for quite a few years there. And when I got up in my teen years and on into high school and I started looking at these uh, six win, seven win teams and all that. And by the time I graduated high school, I was like, when I really started becoming a diehard dog and I, I was like, we got to get back there. And there was this one guy when I graduated high school, there was this one guy on that dog's team that got my attention. And, uh, he was uh oh wait it was that guy right there <laughs> well, on his awesome. way in bulldog history so y'all know um but yeah Juan, you uh you made me the dog i am because i mean watching you play in those years just you know the teams weren't that great but you guys played like you were and you for sure did yeah. and it just it struck something in me and I've been DGD ever since then. And, uh, man, watch, watching this build up to the last couple of years and, you know, the heartbreak in 17 and 18. And then the, the way this season started out and we were, you know, the defense doing what they did. And we finally, we finally hit that mark. We finally got there. And I know it's 18, 18 days later, but I still wake up every morning. Like, did that really just happen? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And 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 I appreciate the the, the compliments. Um, you you know back back then, even though we were not the best team, you know we played with everything we had. We had you know some injuries. I, I think '95. I tell people was probably that year that we had an opportunity to go and play for a national championship. You know, Bobo gets hurt. Um, you know, unfortunately, you have Robert Edwards, who was probably one of the best running backs in Georgia, had he continued to have the opportunity to play. Uh, he he goes down. Um, you know, we, we have all those guys. We have Heinz Ward, you know, guy Bryce Hunter, Corey Allen. We really, really had an opportunity. But for me, I think what makes this so special is the fact of how many guys contributed on the coaching staff from that era when you said that was one of your favorite times of watching it. So you had uh, Will Muschamp. Uh, he was there during that time. You had uh, Kirby, who was there during that time. Mike Bobo, even though he's gone and, you know, he's gone to one uh, school went and coached, you know, become a head coach and then do the offensive coordinator to have all of those guys to be a part of this is just absolutely amazing. And it makes it just that much more special. And then you just talk about going back to 1980, you know, I, I remember, you know, being seven, eight years old and I, I knew who Herschel Walker was. Uh, I was enamored at the time at just how cool those gold helmets were for, for, for Notre Dame. But, to, you know, to have that Herschel go over the top and then, you know, we, we, we actually win that game to now 18 years. Uh, sorry, not 18 years, but 41 years later. Um, you know, number one, we're fortunate enough to be around uh, to, to, to say that we saw it. But wow, 
is all you can say is, is we've become so close. And just like you said, you have the six, seven, eight teams, you know, win teams. Then you go to just being so close to being to that national championship. I really feel like in 2007, if we had that four-team playoff, Georgia would have made the four-team playoff, even though they had two losses. And, you know, they go to the Sugar Bowl and beat the brakes off of, off of Hawaii. Um, I think that that was probably one of the best teams with Stafford, no Sean Marino. But yes. we were so close. Alabama has just been our Achilles heel for us to then overcome, win a national championship, what what an amazing feeling. The other part too, and you know, I'll, I'll even say this to Robert, is that there are so many podcasts out there. There's so many Division One teams. And for us to have and start a podcast and predict our team to win a national championship from day one before the season starts, and then that come to fruition, that is absolutely amazing. As my friend, Rick James once said, it's a celebration, bitches. <laughs> it's a celebration. You <laughs> too. But neither here nor there. Um, look, I'm still partying like it's 1980, man. I'll tell you that right now. Like, you know, I, I heard what Patrick was saying. And Juan, you plan, you know. that. Look, it's been too long, right? It's been past my entire lifetime, more than my entire lifetime. So the fact to see you know, see, you know, see Georgia fans be able to sit there and, and get that, get that monkey off your back, right? Everybody for years, man, the 1980 jokes, nobody can do that. No more. That, that is no more. So it's more to it than that though. But like you said, though, we did come on and, and we did call that, uh, the national championships, right? We, we called that we were the natty winners, man. So yep. it feels good to know that. Uh, and actually see it happen was very nice. Yeah, I, I thought it would be against Clemson, um, but, uh, you know, against Alabama, what, what, what sweeter opportunity? I mean, what what better way to say that we got we got our revenge against the team that has just plagued us for 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 so long? Um, and, then, and then for us just to overcome um, the only unfortunate thing is it wasn't that 63 to three that Patrick and I always, <laughs> we yeah, always Patrick, did. Patrick is adamant about that 63 <laughs> yeah, to three. And, and, and listen, man, what, what, whatever Patrick picks, I'm, I'm going with him. That's, that's just how it goes. I mean, look, it would have been nice to see 63 to three, but, uh, 33, uh, you know, that is, that just has a ring to it. Doesn't it? Yeah, it like, does. So with that being said though, obviously we're sitting here we are the champions, right? As Freddie Mercury once sung, uh, great song, by the way. Uh, you know, look, let's talk. Let's do a little recap of this season, right? Juan, I want to ask you first. What was the most mem- outside of the national championship? Because I think that's a unanimous. That's the that's the top of the pinnacle. Up through this season, outside of the national championship win, what was your most memorable moment in this season? Um, I I, I would say us playing Arkansas, um, Arkansas, that was going to be our biggest, truest test. Um, they were ranked number eight. Um, they've had a couple of games under their belt. Um, we've had a couple of games under our belt and for us to go and absolutely just smack them right in the mouth, um, just kind of showed, Hey, we are here because they're, they were not a bad football team. I mean, it's the same football team that took Alabama to the wire and they pretty much gave everybody trouble and for us to come out there and do that with our second string quarterback um, as well. And, and that was another big thing, too, is will Stetson Bennett be able to step up in a big time game? 
and he stepped up in that big time game. The defense stepped up in that big time game. And I'm telling you what, uh, that was just, it was absolutely outstanding. So while you were speaking about this, I think within the last couple minutes, uh, for anybody listening and tuning in, uh, Mike Bobo has been hired as an offensive analyst for Georgia. Uh, so what we're going to do is we'll bring that back up a little bit later on in the show. Look, we're still partying like it's 1980, damn it. So we're going to be talking about this season and obviously the national title. But we're going to get around to what to look forward to now. Uh, what you know, Moving on, you know, now it's time to, you know, to defend what is ours, what we won. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But right now, guys, we're still celebrating. We still celebrate. Patrick, jumping over to you, my man. What was your most memorable moment of this season? Well, you know, uh, first and foremost, the dog in me wants to call out the cocktail party. <laughs> Actually, Kirby in the locker room. But I will uh, hold that one back. Um, I mean, I agree with Juan, the Arkansas game. But really, for me, I think the semifinal playoff game. We just got punched in the mouth by Bama in the SEC championship game. We were on our heels. We were like, wait a minute, are we really vulnerable? Yes, I know we had a lot of guys that were sick that week and didn't get to practice much, and they weren't at 100%. And, I mean, you know, Jordan Davis showed that in the game with getting gassed pretty quickly and things like that. You know, the conditioning wasn't there. That game, had they had that opportunity, would that game have been different? Yeah, I think it would have. Would we have won it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But then to come back after that and invite those guys from up north up there in that big blue house of theirs to come down here and for us to just destroy them the way that we did. I mean, I remember uh, a picture I saw of the running back core from the Wolverines walking out on the field before the game, and they had all had on these T-shirts that said, run the damn ball. <laughs> all that, and he was like, okay, Zeus, guys, y'all saw what he said, do that. And they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, look, I'll tell you this. So, so obviously, Juan, your favorite was the Arkansas game, and Patrick was Michigan. I was Clemson because the Clemson game set the tone for our season. You know, obviously in that game, the offense kind of struggled, but honestly, in, my, in our opinions, and we called this one, we knew our offense could struggle with, with the fact that, you know, first game, you know, first game situation, right? But it legitimately set up the season based off of how we won it. We showed our true identity all season from that game right there. The offense, it, you know, obviously got better, and, and it did. But that defense, mm -hmm. there was a chip on their shoulder, and you saw it from game one. That defense played elite against Clemson, basically gave, you know, DJ Uelunglele, uh, sorry, uh, gave him nightmares. And honestly, that transferred through the whole season if you watch Clemson a little bit, in my opinion. Um, you know, but it set the tone, right? And I think we look back at this whole season, that Clemson game is the most important because it set the tone. Mm -hmm. You look back at Arkansas, right? Set the tone. Complete shutout. Kentucky game, set the tone. You know, there's a lot of things that Georgia did that might question people, right? When the game's out of hand, you know, your starters, right? Your starters are sitting there late into the fourth quarter. Three seconds left, Kentucky scores. Your starters are sitting there trying to stop them. There was a message being sent all season, especially on defense. But it all started against Clemson, which is why it's the most memorable. Now, look, not to say there weren't other memorable moments, because when, when Kirby when Kirby told them to physically break them bitches, 
I've been running through a wall ever since, every single time somebody <laughs> plays that. All right. So look, there's memorable moments. But to me, I think setting the tone was so important because legitimately it it, tr- it literally translated through the whole season and ultimately got us to a national title because ironically, we start the season off scoring on a pick six. And we end it. And we ended, ended it with, a pick, with six, yeah. a pick six. Just laugh and point at the damn scoreboard. Yep. <laughs> now, look, I, I will say this, though. Beating Bama, you know, there's a lot that goes into that, right? There was a lot of narratives that were gone after the victory, right? When we won the national title, so many narratives were gone. Kirby couldn't beat Bama. Couldn't beat Saban. Gone. Georgia, 1980. Gone. A lot of of narratives can't be used anymore. And Georgia fans, I'm telling you right now, you have the weight of the world off of your shoulders. But understand this, and we're going to be doing a lot of talking through this offseason into next year. Target's on your back. You know everybody's hunting at you, hunting for you. You know it. And it starts September 3rd against Oregon. And Dan Lanning. And I'm telling you right now, Dan Lanning is going to have that team ready to go. I, I, I fully believe in Dan Lanning. He, it's going to be a good game. And we'll, like yeah. I said, we'll do a lot more talking come close to the next season about Oregon. Man, he knows right now, he knows him inside. He knows Georgia inside and out. Oh, absolutely. One, one, one of the yeah, things absolutely. I wanted to point out too, when you just said a lot of those narratives are gone, um, it, it, it was frustrating, and, and I'm pretty sure Patrick, you could probably attest to this as well, uh, for for a Georgia fan to watch a Nick Saban win a national championship at LSU, then have Les Miles come in and win a national championship at LSU, have Urban Meyer come and win a national championship at Florida, then have uh, uh, not Gus Malzahn, but um, uh, Gene Chizik come into Auburn and win a national championship at Auburn, um, and then have Alabama, you know, uh, Saban go back to Alabama, um, have Ed Orgeron come in there and win a national championship at LSU. So there were so many coaching changes that took place throughout that time that Mark Rick was there and and, and Kirby was there that all of these national championships are coming in. And Georgia, who has had, you know, probably tenure wise, you know, the, the coach of uh, Mark Rick, all that time he was there, not able to, to, to win a national championship. Then you've got Kirby that's there for four or five years and still has not had an opportunity to win a national championship when Ed Orgeron comes in there, who was, you know, obviously we see where he is right now. I mean, he's, you know, he's no longer um, uh, the, the coach at, at LSU. So you've got these coaching changes and firings. And all this time, we were not able to win a national championship. Now that's gone. You're 100% right, Juan. You're 100% right. But now that we've got the national title, right, we also have to look at moving on, right? Like like I said, I'm still partying. But at the same time, you do have to understand that there's more to it. Now you have to move on. You, ha- you are the national championships. Now we get to defend it, right? But let's move on to some of the the party or the departures, right? So far, recently, guys, everybody knows this. Georgia was expected to lose a, got a lot of guys to the draft, things like that. But there's also been some portal, um, you know, losses there. So I want to kind of pull up an image here and kind of recap what Georgia has dealt with so far since winning a national title. So as you can, see, if you're seeing this, obviously you had Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Darian Kendrick, Nicobe Dean. Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, Jake Camarda, Jamari Sawyer, Lewis Seen, Trayvon Walker, uh, Mr. George Pickens, 
Zamir, James, and Justin Schaefer all declared for the NFL draft. We, like I said, we knew it was going to be a lot. But then the transfer portal, the biggest and the worst for everybody, it seems like. Jermaine Burton transfers to Alabama. JT enters the portal, still don't know where he's going to go. Amir Speed going to Michigan State. Latavius Brini going to Arkansas. Jalen Kimber going to Florida. Got to love those damn Gators. Lavassier transfers to South Carolina. J-Rob, I think he goes to Arkansas as well. And Jalen Johnson to ECU. Guys, we knew we were going to lose a lot this draft, right, this upcoming season, this offseason. What are y'all? What are your takeaways about all the attrition that we've experienced? Do you expect Georgia to rebound and, and stay where we are? What are your thoughts there? We'll start with Patrick and then Juan. I, I think I think we're going to rebound. I think I think we have that reload and let's go mentality that Saban breeds into Bama every year. I think we have that now too. And then we show it with our recruits and and and, and commitments and our pickups. Who, you know, when we get transfer tra- transfer portal pe- folks, um, I don't. I, I, yeah, okay, sure. You know, you can you can argue and say that the defense is not going to be what it was last year. Maybe it won't be, but the defense is not going to be bad at all in any in any way, shape, or form, in my opinion. And of the and of the guys that, that left, you know, okay, yeah. You look at Burton, yeah that that kind of stings a bit, you, you know, you, you win a natty with us and then you leave to go play for the team that we beat in the natty, but okay. And, but for you know, listening to some of the Bama fans that I talked to on, on Facebook and whatnot, they're like, look, we just stole Georgia's number one receiver. And no, you really didn't. I mean, George Pickens was the receiver. He was hurt. Okay. Arik Gilbert, maybe. You know, there's there's other weapons there. McConkey potentially is is going to be don't you know? Um, Burton was the number one receiver of who we actually had left at the time, so I don't call him the number one receiver. It still hurts that he's gone, but I get it. One, what, I, I, what are your thoughts about that, pa- Patrick? I love it, man. I love it. I I, I agree with Patrick. We're going to rebound. Here, here's here's what's great with you know coming off of a national championship team is there are guys that were waiting in the wings that could not wait to prove themselves. So now that those departures take, you know, took place, they're ready to go in there and prove themselves. They're ready to go out there and, and, and really just kind of make a name for themselves. Um, Burton, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, I, I would rather him being gone. Like we, we want Georgia guys who you, they, they just bleed red and black. They want to be here. And, and those are the kind of guys that, that give it up, give it their all for that G and uh, so, you know, we, we've got some receivers that were waiting in the rings. You know, we had some guys that were hurt. But keep a name out for Denylon Morissette. This guy right here, he's going to be an incoming freshman. He's going to be your next George Pickens, your next A.J. Green. He is an absolute monster. And this is going to be an opportunity for him to come in there and, and really just, you know, make a name for himself. Um, and, and then of course, you know, you've got your guys there for, for the draft, but just like Patrick said, our defense is not going to be bad. Look at it. One of the question marks we had for our defense was going to be our secondary and our secondary played very, very well. Um, you know, of course they had, you know, a couple of mishaps in a couple of games, but overall they played very, very well. Um, and, and, and so our defense is going to be strong. And at the end of the day, you've got Kirby smart. And you've got a surrounding cast, you know, with 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 the must champs. And now, like, you know, we just talked about earlier. Now you're getting Mike Bobo in there to kind of help out um, offensively. 
Um, you know, and, and Mike Bobo is going to do a great job. He was actually the one that recruited Gunnar Stockton when he was at South Carolina. So that's just kind of a marriage just coming back together. So I, I, George is going to be fine. I don't have any issues. The schedule is going to be perfect for him. That Oregon game is going to be a tough – the first game is always going to be tough. But after that, they'll be fine. I will say this, though. You you look at – you know, everybody wants to look at the, the Jermaine Burton loss as a really big loss. And, look, to, to a degree, it very well is. Right? It very well is. Uh, you cannot take away his production right, and what he meant to the receiving core. But, you know, but like both guys have said before, you know, you have guys stepping up. Right when he was hurt, you had guys stepping up. Ad Mitchell, three star, making five star plays. Lad McConkey, same thing. You sit there. You, now the secondary, you know, looking at all the transfer portal uh, attrition there. You know, the depth took a big hit. I'm not going. You can't. There's no way to get around it. No sugarcoating it. Your depth took a huge hit. Uh, fortunately for you know for Georgia, you look at the incoming recruiting class uh, and what what are we you know what are we loading up on? And that was secondary. Right, whether it be safety positions, mostly cornerbacks, we knew it was coming, and, and it shows. It, it shows because you sit there, you look at the D line hall, and you look at the receiving, or not the receiving hall, but the uh, secondary hall. We loaded up, and look, and Georgia's not done. Georgia is not done on the recruiting trail because you have next week coming up, and that's national, the uh, traditional national signing day, and there's a big name coming up that might might just pick Georgia, and that's Kristen Miller. So if you get Kristen Miller on top of your defensive line haul, I'd say you more than well recouped what you lost. Uh, also with the secondary, right? Look, Jaheim Singletary, Malachi Starks, just just a couple names. Killebrew. Kill, yeah, well, yeah, no, yeah, Killebrew yeah, transferred to AM. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Yes, about sir. That. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, but look, there's there's so many guys that we brought in, right? Um, jo- Julian Humphrey, blazing speed at corner, right? We will be fine. We will. And, and and what really settles me to understand that we are is looking at, you know, the, the twos that are replacing these guys like Devontae and Jordan Davis. Those guys all got meaningful snaps, and you and I mean a lot, throughout the season. And it was, you know, and sure, you can say, you know, Georgia beat, you know, every, beat, basically beat the dog shit out of everybody. So, of course, their twos are going to get that playing time. Even when the game were close, the games were close, your backups were getting in and getting starter quality reps, starter, you know, minutes, right? That right there sets up Georgia for success. And I'm not, and I'm not surprised. I won't be surprised if it continues to see that same thing happen this coming up year, because you've got Jalen Carter, you know, Zion Logue, expect Zion Logue to have a great season, right? But then you also look at what you've got here. You've got, uh, you know, you look at Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, you've got, you know, Nolan Smith coming back. Right. These guys coming back. We didn't even mention this on the graphic. Chris Smith, Tyke Smith, you know, uh, William Poole, those guys right there. And Nolan Smith, obviously huge. Kieris, huge returns and important spots. Right. So you get that lead leadership. You get that leadership coming back. Your twos or whatever you your twos and your non-starters will basically grow up to be starters. And they were ready to go from last year. So, you know, damn well, they're going to be ready this year. I feel perfectly fine with where Georgia is and Oregon better get ready. That's all I'm going to say. I agree. But, agree. but I want to talk about Bobo and what this means for the offense, right? We lose, <clears throat> excuse me, receivers coach Cortez goes to LSU. I uh, still haven't yet called uh, a, a hire for that yet. Uh, there's been some names around there, but I want to talk about Bobo, right? Juan, you have a connection with Bobo. 
What does this mean for the Georgia, uh, from the Georgia program standpoint? What does that mean bringing him back? I mean, it's it's great. You got another offensive minded guy. And, and I think a lot of people don't realize if you look at Bobo's tenure at Georgia as an offensive coordinator, I want to say it was like six or seven years. He had one season. I think it was just one season where they only averaged 29 points a game. Everything was 30 and above. So imagine averaging 30, you know, 29 to 30 points a game and having the defense that you had. Bobo would have been, you know, he, he would have been the next coming. Um, you know, and, and, and so him coming back, helping out again, helping out with the quarterbacks and he just knows the game. I mean, from, from being an, uh, an offensive coordinator to a head coach back to an offensive coordinator, and then just going back to an unbelievable program. My hope is that Kirby allows Bobo and Munkin to, you know, work working out to be what Lane Kiffin was to Alabama. Alabama used to be that old, slow, let's run the ball, like take the air out of the ball, and we'll just rely on our defense. A 17 to, to 10 victory is good. Lane Kiffin comes in, and man, I mean, they're just sitting there blowing the doors off of people. And so that's what we're looking to have, um, you know, just having Bobo just come in there and then just kind of changing the mindset. And that's where you're going to get your five-star, true five-star guys, right? Your, your, your five-star star receivers that are going to say, hey, man, I want to be a part of something like that. Because think about it, before Lane Kiffin, no receiver wanted to go to Alabama. No quarterback wanted to go to Alabama. And now look at them. They're just pumping out quarterbacks and receivers um, like it's nothing. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm hoping we're going to turn into. You know, thinking about this, right, thinking about what <clears throat> Georgia's offense has done with Monken here. Come under the expectation that Monken will not be here forever, Right. But you look at you look at the offensive minds that we have, right? With you know, with Todd Munkin being here still, you have Buster Faulkner, which I think is is underrated at this point in time. But you look at you look at what you know Buster brings in. But now you have Mike Bobo. You know, ever I don't understand this. I don't understand why people didn't like him when he was here because his offense was great. Like we like you said, we were throwing up a ton of points. You know, and but you also look at what you know. Why do you know? I want to know why people, you know, didn't like him. Like, what honestly, it was the defense at, at the time. Yeah, they like, were, they, they just weren't stopping anybody. So, you know, uh, Bobo was not necessarily your track meet type guy, you know, and, and, and so they were expecting during that time for Bobo to be like a Lincoln Riley or those guys in the Big 12 where the games are 56 to 40, you know, 49 or, or something like that. And he wasn't, which, you know, nowadays, with a, with an excellent defense, twenty nine to thirty points should be plenty to 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 win a football game comfortably. I'm I'm completely with you. Like I said, you know, looking at it, I, I didn't understand it. You know, so having him back here, like that's a great offensive mind to have. And you know, and with what we've seen, you know, from an expansion standpoint of the offense, I, I see it becoming a good thing for us. There's no reason not to. Um, you know, people look at it, maybe it's just people look at him from what he did at Auburn, right? And, and want to be like, oh, well, that's why he, you know, that's why we didn't want him. No, that, to me, that just doesn't make sense. Because when he was with Georgia, we were scoring a, a ton of points. And, and now that you still have Todd Munkin around for the time being, it makes sense to use that mind, collectively do the same thing we do with the defense, right? Get those minds together and optimize the defense, optimize the offense, sustain your success. Patrick, I want to hear your thoughts on the on the Bobo hire. What what are your feel, What are your feelings? What are your thoughts going through uh, in regards to the hire? 
I think it's great. I mean, I think that just brings another um, another dose of cohesiveness and continuity to what we already have. I think he I think he comes in and he fits in perfectly. I think he takes it to another level, even more than what we've what we saw this year. I think um, it's it's nothing but positives from from my perspective. I don't see it going any other way but up from there. Um, but I, I I just want to say. Uh, Rob, Juan, um, I'm going to have to jump off here in just a second. I have a prior um, commitment I have to go do. But uh, on that note, it will not be 41 more years. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right about uh, that. I think you're 100% right there. I will say it won't be more than 10, maybe more than five at the most. That's me. Yeah. So look at that. Having said that, you guys are great. Thanks for having me on the show. I look forward to doing it again sometime. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs. Go Absolutely, dogs. my man. Pleasure having you on. All right. Hey, hey Tanil made a great point. She just said she likes the old team getting back together as 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 coaches. And and uh, just like Patrick said, you know, you, we were just talking about that cohesiveness. You know, when when we were at Georgia, um, you knew Kirby as a huge competitor. I mean, he was a huge competitor. Muschamp was a huge competitor. Mike Bobo was a huge competitor. And so we were all together in 1994. Um, you know, we were on the field. All of us, you know, had an opportunity to be on the field when we stopped Auburn's, uh, I think, 20-game winning streak. Um, and, and, you know, we, we all played a part of that. And uh, so, so to have all those guys together, it is. It's, it's just like a bunch of friends who are just Georgia guys, right? And, and if you look at it, these are guys that wanted to be at Georgia. Kirby, I don't ever see him wanting to go anywhere else to go coach football. No matter how much money they throw at him, no NFL, it is Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Um, absolutely. Oh, yeah, and, and Tennille, yeah, Uptown Lounge. Yep, Uptown Lounge and, uh, and Washington Street. <laughs> we, would, we would all go there and hang out um, at, at those two places. I will say this, though, Juan. Um, you know, so I, I want to ask you a question here. You know, all these talks about the new receivers coach, have you gotten a call from your coach, Kirby? No. <laughs> Come on, man. Kirby, I know you're listening. I know you're listening. Give my man a call. Give him a call. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, no, I mean, who? so my question is, let's make a prediction here. Um, let's make a prediction. Who do you think will be the uh, receiver's coach? Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, I don't know what type of connections that Kirby had, um, you know, when he was at Alabama. Um, I, I could see Terrence Edwards being somebody that could be – um, you know, a, a viable choice. Um, what, one of the things that um, um, that Terrence Edwards does is he, you know, he runs his own. It's called Terrence Edwards Academy, and he just focuses on Great wide receivers. Academy too. Yeah, for focuses on wide receivers just getting better, um, getting better and better. So, um, you know, it, it's uh, I, I could see him definitely being um, a, a great fit. Um, and then if he does, if he gets hired on, I can definitely see him you know, being stuck at Georgia and being stuck by, you know, Kirby's side until, you know, for, for, for the long haul. And and then also too, you know, don't, don't rule out Robert Edwards, <laughs> you know, at some point in time, you know, maybe getting up there coaching some running backs, Robert Edwards right now, he is at um, uh, I think Riverwood um, and, you know, he's been a head coach and they've made it to the playoffs a couple of, you know, a couple of times. So he's done a great job there. So, you know, if, if Terrence Edwards goes back, if, if Robert Edwards, and it's really going to be the old Georgia gang that, uh, 
you know, we, we couldn't get it done during that time, but I'm telling you right now, they are getting it done. So it, it, it's just, it's just great to see. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I, I think uh, Terrence Edwards would be a great hire, but if I had to make a prediction, I want to see BMAC come back. Yeah. People, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. look, a lot of people, you know, I'm looking at, you know, what Cortez brought to, to the table here. Right. But BMAC, I don't think a lot of people may have forgot about that, but my man was an elite recruiter, elite yeah. recruiter and still, yeah. You know, and still was a great developer too. Like, but was, I, I, I think he's more he's more on the head coaching track. Um, oh, I, I fully agree. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, either I either agree. high coordinator or or definitely on the uh, on the head coaching track. Oh, absolutely. Look, you know, thinking about it this right here, you know, the fact that we're taking our time, Kirby's taking his time. I'm okay with that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, BMAC may be a you know kind of a wishful thinking type. I'm telling you right now, like you said, within a within a couple of years, my man will be a a, a high powered uh, off OC or head coach. Like it's coming, right? It's coming. There's no question about it. I, I would love to see that. Uh, I would love to see BMAC come back to Georgia for maybe a year or two, you know, and and ride it out and get some recruiting in there. Because in my opinion, though, I think the biggest thing for Georgia right now with it, with the hire of the receivers coach get an elite recruiter because I love our development. I do. Right. Like I said, three stars, A.D. Mitchell, lad, great development, right? They were ready to play and, and you saw it in the national title and with, you know, with lad a lot during the season, but right. outside of George Pickens, where's that five-star receiver? Where is that receiver coming from? You know, recruiting matters, right? Stars don't recruiting does. So yeah. evaluation is key. But I want to get that elite recruit in. I want to get another George Pickens, right? Get that five-star receiver in there. Yep. Show him, hey, look, come to Georgia. You're going to get the – you know what I mean? Like you're you're going to get drafted. You you know, give them a reason to come. Not saying that you can't because, like I said, you saw – and I think, like you said, the nylon is going to be the next up, in my opinion, as well. He's going, he's going to be a good receiver, if not great receiver, yep. throughout his time at Georgia. But, you know, obviously trying to figure out and spread the ball around could be the biggest question there for uh, recruiting an elite receiver. Yep. Everybody knows what Brock Bowers did last year, and I love it. I'm all here for it. How are you going to get these elite receivers to come in when you see the tight end position getting utilized so much, right? Not saying anything bad because, look, we just won a fucking national championship one. We just won a natty, right? Yep, yep. But looking at the long haul, it that matters, right? I don't want to sit there and keep relying on three stars if we can avoid if we can if we can get a four star five star that's you know ridiculous. Right, right. So I think an elite recruiter is whoever whoever is going to be has to be an elite recruiter. That's also just what Kirby looks for, right? Like, yeah. So. Yeah. You know, Patrick at that right said, here. you know, Bow Bowers is the is is the guy of the future. He he is, and it's and, and it's about development. Like, what are they? going to do to continue to bring these guys in and, and, and develop them. You've got Oscar Delp um, that, that that's coming in, but uh, I think Denylon's going to be amazing. And then uh, any other wide receivers that, that, that we have. Um, but I also wanted to point out too, you know, Tanil says sometimes I can't believe it. Um, you know, we were just kids back then and to see the development is, is, is surreal. And it, it, it really is, um, you, you know, just, just seeing these football guys, do what they love for the school that they love um, is just amazing. You know, I, you know, I had an opportunity to go to the parade um, 
and then you just kind of look down and you see all the guys that were there for from years and years and and then to go see Kirby who you know I'd line up against you know every day um and, and to think man like this is that that's the guy that actually brought home a, a a national championship it was it was it was very very surreal because I can close my eyes and then just go back to those practices go back to those games and those situations um and then just be back in college which was a blast even though our, our team wasn't great the experience was just is just absolutely amazing so um I, I tell you it is it is surreal like it's here we did it <laughs> oh no without a doubt Look, so we're going to wrap this part of the show up, right? Uh, stick around for the Q&A, guys. Everybody knows that if you're watching live, we do a Q&A after this. But we're going to end this show, right? We've, we've talked about what it feels like to be a national championship, what it means. You know, we've talked about the departures, the attrition that Georgia's faced, right? How, how does Georgia go about getting past that, you know, adversity, right? We will be fine. Look, it's just the way it's going to be, right? But I do want to bring out, the discord for the group, you know, for the podcast. If you will, if you want to join, type in, uh, go to the website, go to the website, dgdpodcast.com, go to brigade, go to the brigade tab. You can join our discord. It's completely free. We're growing a great community there to sit there and talk Georgia football. And actually we open it up for the entire NCAA if they want to come in. So all teams are welcome. Uh, check it out. Go to the website, let, you know, click it, like it, telling you it's fun times in there look the dogs we talk about stuff right what's going on so you'll stay in the loop there nonetheless the one hey man it was glad to be back i know we tried to do this monday some conflicts came up so it's good to be back on a friday right expect one maybe monday right yes sir look first first podcast man first show back as champions felt so damn good to say that champions yes but on that note though guys have a great weekend and go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks for listening to the DGD podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to the DGD podcast YouTube channel where you can watch live Mondays and Fridays at noon Eastern. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the DGD podcast and check out the website at www.dgdpodcast.com. 